this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. Well, sometimes you see a show, you just have to interview the person responsible for it. And last week I saw See What I Want to See, a tremendous musical, actually almost a chamber opera. Uh, and it was uh, by Bailiwick as part of the uh, Steppenwolf Garage series. So I have with me Lillian Brown, who's not only the artistic director of Bailiwick Chicago, but the director of the show. Hi, Tom. How are you? Tell me about what made you pick this show. I've been obsessed with this show pretty much since uh, I first heard the cast album, I believe in 2005 I first heard it, which is when it came out. Um, I love Lacusa. I think he is just a gorgeous and lush and complex. His compositions are, you know, everybody does all the comparisons. There's the, they say there's like the new generation, the next generation of Sondheimians or whatever they want to say. I guess he's sort of in that category. But to me, I just love him as, um, as an author. And I, so I immediately picked the piece up when it came out, when there was a CD. I said, oh, there's something new by Lacusa. And, uh, I was like, wait a minute, what is this? Because it sort of takes more examination than just, oh, hey, pop it in the CD player, and then... Yeah, it's complex. Yeah. Like, like, It's kind of like Stephen Sondheim at the beginning. First time I heard most of Sondheim's, I, wasn't quite, I didn't quite get it, and I was wondering, you know, but the second and third time around, you say, wow, the genius. This one yeah. hits you right away. Yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, I, I just bought the CD blind, and then I found out that the first act is based on Rashomon. And that's actually a film I had seen when I was really young. Uh, my older brother was very much into um, Chinese and Japanese culture, and so I saw a lot of uh, Akira Kurosawa films when I was really young, and that happened well, to be one of Well, that's great. I'm not into those. Yeah, right. And so I said, oh my God, it's, it's an adaptation of this? And then I was even more interested. So it's been on my list. I have a little list that I keep of it's always in my notebook and it's all my dream shows and I happen to so this project coming about uh, happened because I was having a meeting with uh, Jacob Patron who's the associate producer at Steppenwolf and we were having a meeting about something else entirely it wasn't about garage rep it wasn't about that at all and, and we were talking and somehow we started talking about dream shows and I whip out my list like oh here's all the stuff I want to do and he saw See What I Want to See on my list. And he said, oh, my God, I love that show. When he was in grad school, he uh, directed, a, I think, a concert version of it. And so he was interested. I was interested. We both got kind of jazzed. And I said, well, what's going on with the garage rep? And he said, well, if you were interested in the garage rep, you should have applied by now because the applications are due in, like, I believe at that time, three or four days. So I... Um, Got that together, and that's what happened. Is it going? Probably. Stop. Oh, okay. Just uh. All right. Yeah. So, isn't it funny how shows work that way? Uh, that you'd, you'd seen the show. I did not know the show. I, I remember his wild party. I thought yeah. he had of the two wild parties, he had the good one. Really? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's so funny. People always have that battle. I like both wild parties. Um, well, I've seen both. They're both yeah, in their I, ways. I yeah. did the yeah. other one okay. back when I was uh, in my boho days. That's why we did the Lippa wild party. That's and right. And so yeah. I'm hoping to, at some point, work on the Lacusa wild party. That'd be interesting. So, it, it, 
It's a, it's a great story. So this is kind of one of your passion mm -hmm. shows. Isn't that funny how how uh, unique shows become someone's passion, and that's what gets them on? Oh, yeah. Okay, did you see the uh, the production in New York? I've never seen a, another production of See What I Want to See, no. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, so you put your own stamp on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's always... Thank goodness I could do that. I, I'm, I was really happy not to have been influenced by another production. It's almost hard to find, especially in the musical theater world, unless you're doing new, new, new musicals, it's hard to find something that you didn't, you haven't seen at all. Yeah, and that's one of the things I liked about it. Here's this refreshing new musical. And unfortunately, so many of the smaller chamber musicals that come out are those talk song things, or they're screaming rock things that you might as well not have lyrics because you can't hear them or understand them. <laughs> well, obviously I like screaming rock things too because we just did one. <laughs> and I must say, uh, Bloody Bloody Randy Jackson was, you know, I hate those kind of shows, but I love that show. Really? <laughs> Go back and see my review. It's a rare review for me because you guys did it right. The sound was good and you could you could hear everything and you know and it, and it, and it had a, a power and a pizzazz to it. That's really good. Yeah. I, I'm really happy to hear that because we very often that's our goal is we want people who wouldn't normally see musicals to see our musicals. We want to sort of um, you know people have an idea of what they think musical theater is and it's kind of an old hackneyed idea and people who don't know musical theater often assume it's fluff or there's no you know there's no book content there's no story content or that there aren't any layers or levels to it that it's purely entertainment and jazz hands and of course everybody in musical theater even those of us that sometimes do musical the you know musicals that are entertainment and mm -hmm. jazz hands it doesn't mean we're not acting and it doesn't mean we don't appreciate all sorts of other styles of mm -hmm. musical theater but at Bailiwick Chicago we really are interested in that the, the edge we're very interested in doing things that people haven't seen before things that um, you don't expect to see things that is sort of exceed people's expectations of what musical theater is so my biggest compliment is always when some you know some girl drags her football-loving boyfriend along, mm -hmm. to, you know, for an evening. Expands the market, like, yeah. I didn't like, I don't like musicals, but I liked that. That's always yeah. the best compliment. That is a compliment, yeah. Uh, but I go back to, to the production of Aida that you guys did. That's another show that's so overproduced and scream and holler and everything, and, and you guys made that show, you gave it heart. Well, being a black person, <laughs> it was really important to me that we actually thought about culturally what that story is because I feel like no, I had not ever seen a version where anyone considered that at all. Like no one considered the fact that Egypt's in Africa, if this is taking place in Egypt, it's taking place in Africa. Nubia used to be the other half of Egypt. Like the Egyptians and the Nubians, it wasn't I always see it interpreted as like a group of white people and a group of black people, and I'm like, no, it's just two groups of black people. That's right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just two different groups but of Africans. But that production, unlike the overproduced, you know, tours of that, it had heart because part of it was it was well sung, but it was acted so well, and you could understand everyone. It wasn't just again you know, scream and holler and spectacle. 
Well, because when you do start over and think about the story, things change in that way, you know? So the very fact that we were like, oh, right, let's, let's consider the cultural context. Let's consider the story. Who are these people? Not just where are they and, and what are they culturally, but like that also made us just go back to the drawing board entirely. But also, I mean, clearly it wasn't going to be overproduced because we were brand new and we're poor, so you have to, you better tell the well, story because you can't. That's put what a hooked me thinks, you into know? your works, and it hooked a lot of people. They now say, oh, Bailey with Chicago, let's go see. They produce good shows. Yeah. So now you're three out of three that, that I can remember. <laughs> that, oh, that's cool. not bad. And that's a good list to be on. You Thank know, that, you. That, it is that you you know they're trusting, so it doesn't make any difference what you do. Just go see it. You'll see a good show. <laughs> that's what we want. Yeah. I, I hope yeah. that we're a brand now that people think. You know, people say Bailey Chicago. Oh, see what I want to see. I don't know what that is, but I'll go check it out because I think that they produce good music. So let's get back to uh, see what I want to see because sure. I, I do want to really uh, promote that show because. I think it's one of those little gems that you have to see to believe and, and to totally appreciate. Uh, I mean, the styles. It's got a very jazzy style. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about the story and about the, the, the five super performers you have oh in this show. Oh, my goodness. I could not have gotten more fortunate. It's just not possible. Uh, I And I also want to... Besides talking about my actors, so my actors are Harder Klingman, Sharice Hamilton, Danny Smith, Peter Oilo, and Evan Tyrone Martin. Um, and I, I don't know if you noticed this, but I changed the original tracking, so I don't have these actors playing the roles that originally, when it was originally done, um, the same person who played the actress played the wife and I changed that and also in the original okay. production I didn't see the, the original guy that but played okay. the janitor also played um, the priest and obviously that's not what we did so I kind of switched things up so that I could use the people that came in um, you know you want to be able to as, as opposed to sort of sticking to what came before or what you're quote unquote supposed to do if excellent, marvelous people come in the room, you figure out how they work in this show. Makes so sense. That's what I did. More directors so. need to do that. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, really, I, we've all seen that where say, you know, if you just, this one played this, and it would have it worked better, yeah. Yeah, and, and a lot of times you can do that. Many, many shows with the rights, they don't specify this person has to play this person, you know, uh, because uh, we're in Chicago. We don't have a lot of 40-person cast, we do a lot of cast doubling. And so, um, coming from a summer stock background, directorially, I think like that. I think like, oh, how do you, how do you double? Because we have, everything is doubling. Um, out, out where I work in the summers at Timberlake Playhouse, everything, everybody's playing five characters. So, I, I enjoy that, and I think like that. And so... Actors love that too, don't they? Yeah, I do, I do. I don't know. I mean, I, I think actors want to play lead roles. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, uh, this is a very unusual show because they're sort of all lead roles. Because it's a five-person ensemble, so everybody's I agree. got a lot and, to do. And by the way, you know, the Jeff Committee has a category for ensemble. Yeah. Boy, if this isn't the definition of, a, of an excellent ensemble show. I mean, if, if, if not, then I might have to just pull a Kanye West and run around the theater or something <laughs> because I think my ensemble is they're just the, they're the most amazing performers and they're the most incredible 
human beings. So I got really lucky in, in that way too. But um, so Danny Smith is playing a uh, wife in 1951, and then she's playing uh, actually Peter Oilo's quote unquote Aunt Monica. And we're obviously really kind of playing with that aunt terminology. She's not really old enough to be his aunt. We've made her older, and we've also made her ill because the character is ill. But we're not so much interested in, oh my god, that person's not old enough to be his aunt. But rather, this person is is his family. He calls her Aunt Monica, and this is the person closest to his heart. But what a marvelous performance when you go from being this this uh, uh, sexy bombshell to being this this frail old lady. It's it's quite a stretch. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible to watch her work and everyone else's work. It's funny, Evan Tyrone Martin, who I just think is a superstar, yeah, he's has like, I often during rehearsal said, there's just not enough for you to do. There's not enough for you to do. His two roles are, I don't know, there's not really any small roles because it's five people working real hard, but um, just in terms of stage Time maybe or like words said he has like a, his is a little simpler and it's it's funny because it almost it's like uh, I feel like I have like James Earl Jones or somebody you know really famous and you give them like a cameo mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like well he's gonna he's no doubt gonna be a star player in town yeah oh yeah I to me already is to me these people it's wonderful to have this company one of my uh, goals is I want people to think of it like when they are getting, moving toward becoming union, I hope that they want to work at Bailiwick Chicago before they do. You know, I hope that they think of it as like one of those goals to hit, you know. Yeah, before, stepping before stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we really, really, really want to be a stepping stone. We really want to be a place where really brand new, right off the, right out of college people want to come and work with more seasoned people. Well, you do have some new faces. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, we're, we're accomplishing that. It makes me really happy uh, because I, I... The young man who played, uh, who played the, the victim in the, in the beginning. Carter Klingman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've not seen him before, but he's got a big voice. He was as in all our of bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson, and okay. at that point could be singing opera. I, I think his voice is huge and... He's a really good actor too, and yeah, he's he's really young. I won't say how young. I mean, he's obviously post collegiate, but he's yeah, he's young, and he can kind of grow facial hair and use his stature to play someone a bit older and really pull it off because his voice is so rich. Let's talk about the the band you have for this, the orchestra. So I have the Uber Pit. Yeah. I honestly, one hundred percent, think that this is the best pit band ever assembled for a non-union musical. They are really good. Like, I, of all time. I particularly like the piano work. I mean, they were all good, but the piano work, because it was, it was dominated in, in many parts, was yeah, really strong. Yeah. Jimmy Moorhead. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just him. There's not two pianos. It's okay, just, just him. him. All right. And uh, he's, <laughs> he's brilliant. He's kind of my guy. He was uh, my music director of Passing Strange, too. And it's funny, because people think of him sort of as this rock guy. Mm-hmm. And... He's this classical guy. I mean, he's both. He does everything. He's there's a lot of jazz in this too. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we've got two percussionists back there. One of whom is Ethan Deppy, who's playing a mallet cat, which is this crazy electronic percussion thing that he is controlling with a computer, so he can play all of the mallet instruments 
in the world. I don't, I don't even know how to tell you what this is, but if you saw the pit, you... Sometimes I'm like, I wish there was like a little hidden camera and we could just show people what's going on in the pit. Yeah, I've never because, seen I that. Because, I mean, we have a reed player, Masumi Oniyama, who is... She is playing seven different reeds, and they're just arrayed around her. So she's the one playing the Asian flutes. Okay, because those are great sounds. Oh, my God, right? Yeah. And it's so specialized. We were so fortunate to get her. But she's playing a bass flute. I had never even seen a bass flute before assembling this pit. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. and it looks really crazy. It's, it's, it curves around. like it's, she's, And then we've got Adam DeGroot. Oh, my God, we've got... Um, Cody Siragusa on bass. He's playing upright bass and electric bass. Uh, who else is in that? Band? Scott Simon is on the drums. And like I said, we have two percussionists, two reed players playing 11 reeds. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, but, the pit is incredible. And with the varied music, I mean, there's Japanese style music, mm-hmm. there's there's pop, pop rock, uh, a lot of jazz. We call it a music nerd's dream. Okay. Because we're all music nerds, and much like any really, you know, the more difficult, I think how I got all the great pit musicians was luring them with, because it's not like we have a lot of money. I mean, they're being paid fairly, but mostly I lured them with the difficulty of the score. <laughs> you know, I was able yeah. to call these people, and they're mostly friends of mine, too. Okay, but well, goodness, a couple of actors that, that I've talked to from your show said, well, that's one of the challenges for them was yeah. the singing is 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 really challenging because of yeah. the styles and it's not really talk singing or or you know in like Andrew Lloyd Webber that sing-songy stuff that where the, where you're singing dialogue and you're fighting the music this stuff right. sits right on the music and flows well I, I think you described it best when you said it's it's almost a chamber opera yeah I really believe that that yeah. is what it's closest to it's there's very little book. It's almost sung through. Um, and you're right. You're correct. There's not a lot of recitative. There is singing. Because that can get tedious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It only works in, in, in grand opera, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, they flow from actual speech to actual singing. And they don't do a whole lot of recitative. However, there, is, uh, there are things that are atonal in the score. There are things that are polytonal. Um, there are things that I don't know how to describe that my music director, Jimmy Moorhead, uh, pulls out all his big musical terms to describe, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, there are some very uh, complex musical things going on in the show that I don't think you have to be a music nerd just to appreciate them because all you have to have is ears, you know, yeah. <laughs> to, to appreciate them. But I do think that sometimes it can be a bit of an acquired taste. Some people hear something, um, like he was telling me that there are times that uh, every note on the scale, on the chromatic scale, is being played at the same time. Different instruments, different vocalists, but wow. there are moments in the show where every note... So the crucial being, really uh, did his homework. It's being sounded at the same time. Now, to some people's ears, that's not pleasant. I find it amazingly interesting. I can't get enough I did, I of did listening too. to that. I think this is a kind of show, kind of like a, a dry Chardonnay or a very dry Manhattan. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. And unfortunately, some of, the, uh, some of my fellow reviewers in town, I, I, I don't think either didn't get it or weren't in the mood for it or 
it just knocked me away with its originality and its its beauty. It's a beautiful show. It's beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for thinking this production. Yeah, it, it is. It is so well done. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the style. So early, it's a it's a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's actually three stories. Okay. The the first story is called Marito and Casa, and that's it's actually embedded. It's 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 one song at the beginning of Act One and one song at the beginning of Act Two. That's right. Yeah. And they go together, but that's actually one story, and that's set in feudal Japan. And it's these two lovers telling the same story from each of their points of view. So you see it one way, and you visually see it one way, and then you see it the other way, and you get to decide what you think happened. The whole show is very much. It's called See What I Want to See, and it's it leaves you with more questions than answers. Um, and then Act One. We have a 1950s murder noir, and it's lit like a noir. It's supposed to be a noir, um, and it's a murder mystery. It's a whodunit, and it's it's based on Roshoman, um, which is a famous story by Ronitsuki Akutagawa. Oh my God! I hope I didn't butcher that. I worked hard on it, um, but I probably didn't. I'm butcher sure you. That, no, I'm sure you Japanese got it right. Name. Yeah, I would have butchered famous it. Famous Japanese author <laughs> yes. um, of short stories. And that act is based on Roshoman and uh, Anna Bamboo Grove, which are stories where someone's murdered, uh, suspects are apprehended, and everyone tells a different story. And we do not know who is telling the truth. That's right. And we leave, I mean, we never know. You leave, it's a murder mystery, and the audience can, I, I love that. They can kind of decide mm-hmm. for themselves. I agree. Who I, they think did it. But Act 2, it takes a totally different Act turn. Act it's like a different play. Yeah. And I think people also find that a little disconcerting, but I just think it's interesting. I mean, if you know that's what's coming, and you know, we make sure in the program, <laughs> I said, I don't want people to be confused. Let's put in the program, this is three different stories connected by theme and not plot, so that people can kind of sit back and go... Okay. It's I'm on them see if they don't. Things. It's on them if they don't read it. But even if you don't read that, and I didn't for other reasons, I was, I was too busy talking to other people. But it, it flowed. I, I figured it out. It's you know. Yeah, it, I mean, you don't want to confound people. You want to help people out. But I'm glad that that was that was clear yeah. to you because it's clear to me. I mean, even bef- like I said, I never saw another production. But even when I was just listening to it, the first time I ever put it in my CD player and listened to it. I understood that there were three different stories being told, and I was captivated. And it's by great them. to see the in Act Two to see the actors reversing roles. Yes, yeah. yes, uh, it's it's really fun because uh, also the way, like I said, I retract it. Uh, it's different from how it was originally done, and I got to do some things that I think are really interesting, like Evan Martin playing the janitor in Act One and the reporter in Act Two. I think that's very interesting because he is the lowest status person in Act 1 and the highest status person in Act 2. That's true. Yeah. And I, I just found that interesting. Sharice mm-hmm. um, Hamilton is playing a medium, a sort of possibly Caribbean, Afro-Caribbean medium in, in Act 1 and then this sort of Beverly Hills Yeah. Valley Girl type actress in, in Act 2. And Act 2, uh, as you said, takes place in Central Park in um, 2002. It's post 9 11, and we're sort of seeing people's 
reactions to post to the priest is an interesting and character. The, it's it's yeah. the central figure is a priest who uh, is having a crisis of faith, and everything centers around he he decides to take action. Uh, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, no, but don't. he decides to take action about his crisis of faith and sort of uh, perpetrate a hoax, and then we see what happens after that. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a grand achievement. It's a work of art that is entertaining. See, art can be entertaining. It doesn't have to be all fluff. This is a very sophisticated show. You should be very proud of the show, and I, I can tell you are. I am, yeah. I am, because how are the audience challenge. How are the audience taking the show? So far, really great. Um, I get amazing, really wonderful and nice comments from people after the show, and people seem to be really on the edge of their seats. They're laughing when I hoped they would laugh. They're crying when I hoped they would cry. So... So I really am having good audience response. And it's part of the of the Steppenwolf rep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you have to go to the Steppenwolf site because the, the schedule varies, right? Right, because yeah. it's in repertory. Yeah. The schedule's different every week, so you have to go follow the little link and look at the calendar. Um, but tickets are very inexpensive. It's twenty dollars to each of the shows. That's or a steal. Like, That's a almost what a dollar pass to all of the shows, yeah, which yeah. I highly recommend. Because one of the other reasons that we, we feel fortunate to just to be offered this opportunity by Steppenwolf. It's been a wonderful, really, really wonderful, cool thing to be a part of. But also the other two companies, Theater 7 and Buzz 22, I think we got lucky. They're really, really nice people. And then we all got together as our team, our cast and, and team, we went to see the other two shows together all during previews. That's good. And they are phenomenal. The other two shows are so yeah, good. it's a, it's quite a variety. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. I saw them all in one day, and it's it's an interesting day of theater. That yeah. had to be exhausting, but fun. <laughs> you know, it was fun. It was, it was the gaps in between, the time in between, is what the heart. Well, and none of them are long shows. No, so that yeah, I think that's done well. But I wish there kind of were more marathon days because I think that can be fun. But, yeah, um, sure. But the other shows are great. We're really happy to be a part of this. So now group. let me ask you, what does a successful leading lady equity actress? who's done terrific roles in town. What made you want to be an artistic director? Um, I had absolutely, well, I shouldn't say absolutely no aspirations of being an artistic director, but I, I really, this was not part of the plan. This was not part of the plan at all. I just wanted to make theater. Um, and being part of companies has been... You know, I'm a Chicago actor. Where everybody's in a company. That's that's how we or, are. Or at that's least how we one, roll. right? At right. least one. Yeah. That's, that's how we roll. And yeah. I've been a part of four different companies. Okay. And um, Bailiwick Chicago. When I when we founded Bailiwick Chicago together, the group of us that did, I I knew this was the landing place. This was home. This was it. This was the group of people that appreciated me the most and understood me the most and encouraged me the most. And I was like, yeah, this is. I want this to be the permanent home, so let's get to working on making this someplace that at me and some other people who are, like you said, on the more like older professional side, we're not in our 20s just out of college, like, hey, let's start a theater company. It was a bunch of people who'd been part of other theater companies and who'd been around for a while doing other things who saw the demise of Bailey with Rev and thought, boy, that's a shame. And then we kind of thought, maybe we could build a better mousetrap and let's give it a go. And that's pretty much how that happened. And I was just kind of one of, part of the amoeba. And 
uh, Kevin Mays was the artistic director, and we're just, we're buddies, and I would just keep giving him advice and keep talking to him and keep being like, what about this show, what about this show, and finally he was like, do you want to be associate artistic director since you're kind of doing it already? And I said, sure, that's cool, and really loved that job and had a great time doing it. I was in charge of casting, and I was sort of a Kevin Mays' Girl Friday, and was learning a lot and growing a lot and then one day Kevin for com- for reasons that have zero to do with uh, Bailiwick Chicago it was about his, his day job his work career situation he had to step away from Bailiwick Chicago he um, did a good job he's, he's he a good theater a, man oh my yeah. god big shoes to fill um, and the board basically turned to me and said well you're the associate artistic director you're up you want it and I, had I can a very see the gleam in your eyes. To hey, think about it. What, to, two seconds? <laughs> no. Well, you know, it was a complete life change. So that's it's a that's a really serious running a not for profit organization that is brand new. We're three years old, um, three and a half years old. So that means we really don't have any money. We're not old enough to have. We don't yeah. have grants or corporate sponsors or anything like that. So you're running a not for profit. It is a 24-7 job. I definitely, most assuredly, put 80 hours or more into this job. I can't hold down another job. It's quite, it's a big decision. And I was, <laughs> and I had to make it during tech of rent. <laughs> That's just when it happened. It was really crazy. Um, so I don't think, and I'm glad that I didn't quite know how much it was going to change my life because I think then I might have been like, you know what? No, find somebody else. But uh, I'm so glad that I made the decision that I made. Uh, it's, it's much like having a child, you know? Um, you're very responsible for this thing, but you never knew that you would love anything so much ever. And I can and just tell, you yeah. never sleep again also. so <laughs> yeah, well, Nothing like being busy, right? So and we have just a little time left. Mm-hmm. Tell us some of your plans. Some of the uh, you don't have to name shows, but some of the kind of shows that, that you want to do. Ah, this is difficult because <laughs> I hate to say this, but I every time I tell somebody something, they take it. Okay, no, no, don't name so, any names. Uh, no, no, don't but, name but, any names. But like I said before, um, we really, obviously, we love musicals, so we want to. Um, I'm interested in it because we have done a bunch of new musicals recently, and another part of our mission is reinventing classic musicals. So I think it's definitely time to go for something that's older and see if we can make it fresh. Um, There's a lot of shows that need that. There's a lot of shows, and there's a lot of things that just aren't done. Like, we just love doing... Because we're those musical nerds. We're the ones that are like, oh my God, don't you love the 1970 recording of XYZ? How come no one ever does that? We should do it. Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of a problem show. We could make it better. That's basically our conversation okay. all the time. That's how we do things. And um, we need that. You know, we, we need that. Uh, uh, particularly in the non-equity areas. You get a chance for everybody, for the directors, for the actors, everybody to create some art and put a new spin on, on yeah. shows yeah yeah and I mean you have to try like sometimes you you get something and you're like wow this is weirder than I thought I don't know how much I can do with this um, but you gotta try I, we're we're here to make art we are not here to I mean yes we would all love to make a living at this but if we 
only considered what could be commercially successful, we would not be making good art. You know, we could. I couldn't agree. I yeah. couldn't agree more. Yeah. And there's a balance there. You know? Yes, absolutely. I mean, do we do we want all the grants and the corporate sponsors and to be able to make more art and better art in a stable home with good production qualities? Do we want to be able to like pay actors something that makes sense? Yeah, we really do, because they work really, really hard. You know, actors, designers, crew, everybody works really, really hard, and they should get paid well. All right, last question. What about yourself? You, you gonna, you still going to take roles? Yes, yeah. I have to. That's how I get health insurance. Okay, so. yeah, that's, that's what you got to do those weeks to get... I absolutely... Do you have any shows coming up? I do. I'm doing... Uh, I've been working with Second City for the last three years, um, mostly out of town, so a lot of people don't know this. Oh, uh, okay, I didn't know that. this time I get to do it in town. Right. I'm doing a show with Second City at the Lyric Opera. So it's. I'm really excited because it's super in my wheelhouse, combining Which? comedy and opera. It's a brand new show. That the lyric opera and I know they City talked about because I cover I cover the opera I'll have to go they see they did that, that one off thing with yeah Patrick I didn't see Stewart that yeah and, I didn't yeah, see that but this is going to be a, an indigenous cast. well if you haven't worked with them everyone in town who's worked with them just they're the, they're one of the best people to work with the lyric opera they just treat you so well I have not worked with the lyric opera well, and I grew up going to Lyric Opera, my father was a subscriber for almost 30 years, and some of the first things, one of the first theatrical things that I saw in my life was the Magic Flute. I think my dad took me oh, when I was wow. six. Um, and before that, he took me to uh, Operetta, Gilbert and Sullivan, so that was my introduction to the theater. Wow, and that's, so that's this is very drawer. full circle. From you thank me. him for that, right? Uh, well, my father passed away a few years ago, and so this is a big, it's a big deal for me because I think secretly the lyric stage is the one stage he really wanted to see me on, so I'm really, really happy about it. He'll be it. there. Yeah. He'll be there. Yeah, he totally will. Well, thanks so much, and, and keep up the good work. Thank you, we Tom. Need, we need passionate people like yourself to, to, to lead, keep the march going. Thank you. Folks, thanks for listening. Go see a play this week.